Brothers and sisters, today is, uh, of course, a great day of joy as we celebrate the Lord's resurrection once again on a Sunday, but in a particular way today, uh, it's a great joy for us as a cathedral parish as we welcome uh, two new Catholics amongst our midst uh, to, as they, re- they make their profession of faith and are confirmed. So I want to welcome Suzanne and Caroline and their families and friends Thank you so much for being here today to support your loved ones, families, and and friends uh, uh, as they take this step of making this profession of faith. That word, profess. To profess is the external act of faith. When we say we have faith in God, uh, that's primarily an internal thing. We believe, right? We trust God as our Father, as one who loves us and who desires good things for us. But it must also be expressed in our external actions. This is what we are as human beings. We look around and see the world around us and we start to name things, don't we? If you've ever watched a little kid, uh, my my nephew is about uh, four years old right now. He just turned four and... He loves to ask, what is it? <laughs> what is it? What is it, Uncle Will? Um, and it's a beautiful gift, that question, what is it? And then he has a word that he can speak about the world. He's taken the concept or the, the thing into him and self in some way is a concept which expresses some reality about the world. And likewise, when we come to faith, we have to profess. This is what we do each time we stand up and we say the creed as we will do in just a few moments together with Suzanne and Caroline. It's what we do when we speak through the language of actions. Now, brothers and sisters, what's interesting to me, though, it's so important that we have this profession We think of the example of a child learning those words. First, he has to see. First, he has to notice something. First, he has to ask the question. You consider how you see, brothers and sisters. Seeing requires the power of sight. It requires something which is seeable, knowable, sensible, and light by which you see. And if any of those things are missing or damaged... Um, maybe you just studied this, Caroline. She's a med student. Uh, if any of those things are missing or damaged, blindness occurs. There's a certain lack there. We wouldn't be able to see. And Jesus, he comes to help us profess the faith, of course. But first, before anything else, he comes to help us see reality as it really is. You see, our power to see spiritually has been damaged by original sin, and he comes to heal us. And he himself is the greatest object of our sight, and he is the light by which we see. God knows how to evoke in us a true seeing of reality that we might profess that which we see He knows how to encounter us in a way we can understand. 
Just as you help your child learn those words, he knows how to encounter you and to move you to faith. We must be like the beggar who later in the Gospel of Luke, after the passage that we've heard today, hears Jesus coming and cries out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. This is our state, beggars before God, brothers and sisters. We need grace. We deserve of our own merits nothing, less than nothing. Without the grace of God in our lives, man has no hope of salvation. We're rotten trees, doomed to bear rotten fruit without grace. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that those who believe in him might have life. And this is eternal life, to know the one true God and him who he sent, Jesus Christ our Lord. He comes walking by us, making a commotion, coming and encountering us in whatever place we find ourselves, in our families, amongst our friends. He encounters us and he invites us, he provokes us to cry out to him, Jesus, Son of the living God, have mercy on me. Jesus will then ask us what he asked that man, what do you want me to do for you? What do you desire? And he'll wait for our response, brothers and sisters, whether we've been baptized our entire life or whether we came to faith at some point. He waits still for our response of faith What will be your response? What do you desire truly? What do you desire for the Lord to do for you today? Will it be, Master, I want to see. I want to know. Will you be like that little child who asks, what is reality? So that he can profess it. He can say it. Consider carefully and count the cost of that response. I especially speak here to Caroline and Suzanne, who I know who have done this already. Because seeing reality as it is, brothers and sisters, knowing Jesus, knowing that there is a God who loves you and desires your good, will leave you with a stark choice to make. Once you know the Lord Jesus, you must follow him or hate him. Once you know he is Lord, You must follow him or hate him. You will either become like him in all things or you will become his enemy. Those are the two choices at the end of the day. You can't go back to the way things were once you know. Just like the child, once he knows something, it changes the way he sees the world. You and I are confronted each week, each moment even, With the stark invitation, as we encounter the Lord, will we be humble enough to allow the beam to be removed from our eyes? Will we submit to the discipline of being a disciple? We want to see, but our seeing must lead us to love, or it will lead to our perdition. If we have not love for God expressed in love for our neighbor, in our charity for our Heavenly Father, and for those around us, we are clinging gongs, and clashing symbols, says St. Paul. 
when we respond to the Lord's invitation, when He comes and He makes a commotion in our life, let it be then with our whole hearts. Let us ask Him that question. Let us beg Him, Master, I want to see, I want to know You. For this is eternal life. I want to know reality as it is. To know that I am loved and to love completely as you have loved us. I want to bear good fruit. Let this be our prayer. If we ask him, he will heal us. And he will invite us to follow him. The beggar receives his sight in the Gospel of Luke. And he follows Jesus. Every time Jesus heals someone, he calls them to follow him. Once we know him, we must follow him. To follow him means then to be like him. Once we see, we can never be the same. Once we know Jesus is Lord, our lives change. We must be like him. Every disciple, when he is fully trained, brothers and sisters, will be like his master. You, Suzanne and Caroline, are being more conformed to Christ our Lord through this gift of confirmation. But all of us who have been baptized and who have been confirmed are called to be living witnesses in the world, to be conformed to the mystery which we celebrate here each Sunday on this altar. All of us, through the reception of Holy Communion, become more and more made unto the likeness of Christ. For grace, this is what grace does. It makes us day form. It makes us like Jesus. If we share in the very life of God through grace, then we share also in his mission. Friends, many people in our world are completely blind to the reality that there is a God who loves them. That there is a God who loves them so much that he came and he died for them. They may know the name Jesus, but they don't know what it signifies. We ourselves know this because in one way or another, we have all either been in this miserable state of not knowing the love of God for us or at least been tempted to it. We know people who are struggling. When that happens, when we forget the love of God, our vision of the whole of reality becomes narrowed and small, become enslaved. Sin, original and personal, is a cause and an effect of this blindness to reality. The light came into the world, but the darkness did not understand it. Sin is misery. And our task, brothers and sisters, your task, your task, Caroline, your task, Suzanne, mine, and every person who's baptized here, our task, brothers and sisters, once we have come to know and to love Jesus as the Lord of our life, to give him our entire life, must then be conformed to his mission. We must be, in the words of St. Paul, firm, steadfast, always devoted to the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The sacrament of confirmation, in a particular way, gives you the grace to witness to Christ before all, to spread and to defend the faith which you receive and which you profess with us today. Friends, 
Any of us who have been confirmed have this mission. And I want you to consider this. Each week you come here and you receive the Eucharist. And what a great gift that is to receive our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity, week by week. But consider that you might be the only Eucharist that someone ever encounters in the world. When you go into your workplace, when you go into your homes, when you go into um, the grocery store, right? Like, wherever it is, you might be the only chance that someone has to know Christ. Do you take that responsibility seriously? For carrying within yourself the light of Christ's love, you go back into the dark cave of the world in order to free those who have been held prisoner. You are no longer blind guides who will lead others to fall in a pit, but in humility, trusting in the Lord's goodness and love for you, you are called to guide others to Jesus Christ.